welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I'm Brad. Thank you so much for joining me. I uh, I looked in the mirror today. I try to avoid those, <laughs> but today I, I looked in the mirror, and I'll be honest. Sometimes when I see myself, I'm like, "Who is this guy that's getting older, staring back at me?" Because. The hairline is really starting to move back. <laughs> I just pretty much buzz it at this point. Like, <laughs> there's really only one way to change my look anymore, and that's by removing hair, <laughs> not by adopting a new hairstyle or uh, something like that. And it's strange because when I think about my age, I'm turning 45 this year. I just don't feel like I'm 45, um, especially when I think to when I was younger and I, my concept that I had of people that were 45, I, they, they seem to be different than me <laughs> in a lot of respects, like uh, just their maturity level <laughs> or maybe just, uh, oh yeah, I just thought, wow, that's, that's old. When you get to be 45, you know, you're, you're up there, you know, that's pretty much a death march, (laughs) but, uh, that concept is rapidly changing for me. And while I can't do much about the hair loss, uh, which, you know, who cares, right? My wife's okay with my, (laughs) my loss of hair. So, uh, you know, that, that part really doesn't affect me as much, but I think that a lot of times age is an illusion. Um, there's a lot of concepts out there like, oh, well, you know, when you get to be 50, you know, you're going to get a little chubby, you're going to get a little overweight, you're going to get slower. And I think that is just not the way that it has to be. Um, I've adopted, I think, a few methods for for basically rebelling against this, you know, the popular concept of, of age and what you were supposed to be able to do. The first thing that kind of opened me up, um, back when Kim was pregnant with our, with our kid, um, I, I gained a lot of weight. I, you know how people say that you get sympathy weight when your wife is pregnant. Let's just say I was very sympathetic. I mean, I looked more pregnant than she did. <laughs> and um, I it was sort of like walking up to the cliff. I think I was over 200 pounds. And I walked up to the cliff and I looked over the edge and thought, you know, if I don't back away now, like it's, it's going to get pretty bad. Because <laughs> at the time I was like, uh, I think 40. And... Um, yeah, that just, it's a downhill spiral fast. And so somehow I stumbled onto intermittent fasting, which at the time was not, I don't think, uh, very popular. I do think it's gaining popularity. If you haven't heard about it, it's it's more like uh, intermittent feeding, really, because uh, you essentially give yourself a window of, of eating time. So for most people that that do this, it's a six to an eight hour window. So what that looks like for me anyway, is that I stop eating anywhere between seven and nine o'clock, depending on how late I stay up. And then 
I will skip breakfast and have a late lunch. Ideally, I try to put a 16-hour window in between uh, when I eat next. And this was a very... I've, I've used a lot of different techniques. You know, I've tried eating six to eight meals a day, small meals, uh, counting calories, tracking macros. Uh, I used to have that app, uh, what was it, my my fitness pal, <laughs> where you would just, I would obsessively log everything that I ate, trying to figure out, okay, what's the magic number, you know, that I need to hit, trying to create a caloric deficit. And that just never really worked uh, for me anyway. And so when I got to this concept of intermittent fasting, it's actually a lot easier than most programs, in my opinion, because you there's not as much uh, management involved. I mean, you just don't eat. <laughs> and uh, so it's it's easy in concept and sometimes a little hard in practice, uh, at least at first. You know, the first few weeks I was getting, you know, headaches, uh, a little bit... Um, grumpy <laughs> um, because your body is just my body at least was used to having you know that that meal like every six to eight hours at least uh, the most I would ever fast would be at when uh, when I was uh, sleeping and um, the more I got into the science of this the more I realized that this is a really interesting healthy way to be because one of the hardest things that our body does is digesting food. Um, that just, it really, it is taxing on the body. And so when I stop eating as much, I and after I got over that two-week period where I was a little lethargic and, and had headaches, I started to actually have more energy from this. And I especially noticed it in the office when I'm at work. Um, people would come back from lunch and they would just be like about to fall asleep, especially if they had a big lunch. And it dawned on me, you know, because I was sitting there with like tons of energy, like their body right now is having to digest all that food that they just had. And it's working so hard. And here I am, I'm not, you know, I'm not eating, uh, my stomach is growling, but I am, I'm actually more, having more energy than they are. And this really goes more in line with how our ancestors ate. You know, they didn't have supermarkets on every corner or, you know, restaurants all over the place. They ate when they could, you know, the old term feast or famine, you know, they would have a big meal when they could get one, but then it might be a day or two, you know, before, um, you know, they would find another meal. That's really how our bodies are designed. Now, culturally, people thought I was crazy. You know, they they look at me, maybe not so much now, because I think it's, again, starting to gain in popularity, but um at the time, you know, they just thought like, you're just starving yourself. Like this is an eating disorder. <laughs> and to me, you know, that, um, 
the old philosophy that was around in the 90s and 2000s of eating six to eight meals a day, to me, that's an eating disorder. <laughs> I mean, doing meal prep for that is, it was harder than working out. I mean, now I don't have to worry about like, am I going to get a meal in four hours? Because I've kind of trained myself that it's okay if I don't. It's okay to be hungry. Um, it even, it sort of redefined my uh, concept of what hungry is. Because I used to wake up and immediately want that bagel, breakfast taco, you know, something, some kind of breakfast sandwich, thinking that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not actually arguing with that concept, but I just think breakfast doesn't have to be right when I wake up. It can be at one o'clock in the afternoon. Because um, if you break down the word, break fast. <laughs> so it doesn't, in my mind, refer to a type of cuisine or um, when I'm eating. It more refers to when I'm breaking that fast. And I know this probably won't work for everyone, you know, if you're taking medications, for instance, or, uh, you know, you know, everybody's different. I get that. But um, this one is huge. I mean, they've done numerous studies on caloric restriction versus um, caloric abundance for different types of animals. And in every case, the group that was restricted calorically had a longer lifespan um, and it's actually one of the only uh, ways that your body naturally produces growth hormone. Um, most people have to, when they want growth hormone, they have to, you know, go and to the doctor or wherever and uh, inject themselves with it. But when you enter into a fasted state, uh, your body actually produces it naturally. And it, it also triggers your immune system. And so I don't think I get sick as often as I used to when I'm, when I'm consistently fasting. And um, it just has done wonders for me. Uh, another thing that I am a big proponent of is, um, is just exercise and moving more. I, I think there is an exercise out there for everyone, you know, whether it is walking 30 minutes in the morning or once a day, whatever, or if it is uh, doing spin class or um, what is the other one that everybody likes to make fun of? I think they make fun of it because it's, uh, it's so difficult, but CrossFit, it's not for me, but my point is that there is some exercise out there for everybody. And I don't even look at exercise anymore as a physical endeavor. I mean, it is, but it is almost a spiritual practice for me now because humans are just meant to move. I mean, again, going back to our ancestors, they were nomads, you know, they went where the food was. And all of a sudden, you know, in the last, like, say, 200 years, We've gone from that to just, if you're like me, you're sitting in a cubicle for like eight hours a day plus and uh, under these fluorescent lights. I told, told my manager one day I felt like a hot dog because I'm like right over this fluorescent light just standing there all day long. And um, 
I just think that is uh, where a lot of our uh, illnesses kind of creep in, especially when you combine that with, you know, fast foods and, um, and things like that, because it's just not a, a natural state for us to be in, um, which is why exercise is so important. If you don't have a physical job, which I haven't had a physical job in, God, maybe 20 years now. And so for me going hiking, it's as much a, a physical benefit as it is a, a mental one. Just getting outside, breathing in fresh oxygen, not just inside a building, um, is huge. And I'll be honest, I have never been what anybody would consider an athlete. <laughs> when I go hiking or running, I mean, it's, it is nothing to brag about. But I just have never listened to, <laughs> you have to be this good to do it. Uh, I went out for track in high school and the coach was like, you're not even good enough to be on the JV team, but <laughs> you seem to enjoy it. So you can just show up and work out with us, <laughs> which, you know, I would have loved to have been on the team, but it's, uh, I guess I've been lucky in that I've always loved to run and uh, just didn't really care if I was any good at it or not. Uh, I was like the last person, you know, back in uh, middle school and high school to be picked for intramural teams, you know, that uh, like football or dodgeball or baseball, anything involving a ball <laughs> was pretty much not something I was good at. Um, but I don't, I think we just have to let go. At least I had to let go of the, like that. I, you have to be an athlete in order to work out like that's, that's uh, not true. And in fact, I think it's, it's a necessity, you know, for us uh, to live a fulfilled life is that we have to move. We have to do something every day that involves more than just the regular getting in our car, going to work. I mean, you think about it, we hardly ever get outside, at least, you know, uh, if you work in an office, you go from there to the grocery store and then back home. And, you know, some days if I don't, if I'm not vigilant about getting that outside time, I might be breathing in fresh air like 10 minutes a day if I'm lucky. So I think this is one of those things that just adds years to your life. Um, one thing that I am bad about that uh, I did want to add on this list is uh, stretching. You know, even yoga, things like that, they're great for you. And I, I need to focus more on stretching because I had a little mishap um, few years back with a food processor and I cut myself pretty bad. So I had to go to therapy to kind of get the movements back, physical therapy to get the movements back in my hand. And I had to go for like six weeks. So me and this therapist are, you know, talking, uh, making small talk in between the, you know, the exercises that I had to do for my hand. And I mentioned, oh, yeah, I like to run. I said, but I, I never stretch. And <laughs> she just had this look of horror <laughs> on her face. She says, you have to stretch. And uh, I've always thought like, well, you know, I, I go for long distances. So I just kind of stretch it out when I'm going. And uh, she quickly corrected me. She's like, yeah, as the older we get, the tighter our bodies become, the more sort of, you know, less elasticity we have. And this is where people get a lot of their injuries later on in life is that they're not as flexible as they need to be. 
And so I need to be better about stretching. And uh, apparently it's important from someone in the profession. So I wanted to include that. I think that is another way that we can um, not buy into this concept of aging. Um, Another one that you probably hear me talk about at nauseam length is mindfulness and meditation. And it really I'm not a meditation teacher, but for me, I have seen huge benefits and it's not as difficult as I thought it was. Um, I thought I had to have a teacher or, you know, every time I sat down, I thought I'm not doing this right. But it's it can be as simple as just focusing on the breath. Um, I think I mentioned in previous episodes about how I like to do gratitude affirmations when I meditate that's sort of one of them that I go to a lot, um, but it doesn't have to be that. You don't have to get that, uh, you know, you don't have to go down that path if that's not for you. Um, I, I like to switch it up and try different ones, like uh, the Wim Hof method, for instance. I don't do it every day, but um, I do enjoy that breathing technique. This next one I learned from my daughter, and uh, I really think it's a key to being as vibrant as you can and that is just simply to play more <laughs> you know the main, the more fun you have the healthier you're going to be so you know if you're lucky enough to have a kid around just play with them if it's your own kid or if it's a niece or a nephew just run around playing tag with them or get outside with that kid. They will teach you games. They just have an imagination that won't stop. <laughs> and so um, I think, and you really got to get engaged with it. Um, it's it's a wonderful thing if you, if you can and have that around. Getting outside again, you know, I think is huge. I think returning to nature is a big way to to maximize your years um you know we have so much digital sort of uh content coming at us that i think it's good to just occasionally unplug get out there and hug a tree (laughs) and i know you're like man brad is such a new age hippie right now but i am serious if you go hug a tree you will feel a connection with nature when you do it. There's an energy that you get off those things. Um, I don't do this very often, but if you walk outside barefoot, um, you can kind of get that same feeling. Um, it's just this returning to our natural state. And uh, I'm definitely not one to, I'm not going to be this Luddite who tells you to just throw away your phone and get rid of computers. Don't watch TV. You know, that's Um, I love all those things, (laughs) but I think it's also good to counterbalance those. You know, I like to, there's a guy on YouTube that I I like to watch and, uh, he, he'll, he'll get out in the middle of the woods and do like pushups. Um, Mick Dodge. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's kind of the extreme. He, he lives out in the woods. Um, but it's, I draw inspiration from him because, you know, he'll just lift some rocks in the woods. Like he calls it his earth gym. And, uh, and I think getting back to those primal type of movements and just environments, um, does absolute wonders 
for the brain, for the cognitive skills, just for, you know, keeping us in our, our best possible state of minds and, uh, and keeping our bodies vibrant. One that I've recently come to appreciate more is uh, sleeping as much as I can. <laughs> um, I used to think, oh, you know, I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's really not a good way to be. And, and cutting back on coffee was huge for me. Um, it's weird. Now that I don't drink 12 cups of coffee, I can actually lay down and go to sleep within 20 minutes or so. Who would have thunk it, right? But um, seriously, it's uh, I, I can't stress this enough. I mean, it's helped me so much just from a positive mental state. Uh, getting eight hours of sleep is, um, is really worth its weight in gold. Um, and it, I know it defies the popular <laughs> trend of, you know, don't sleep now. Uh, you know, you've got plenty of time for that later. And I really think that people, even scientists, don't fully understand it yet, like what it actually does. You know, they say, oh, you're going to rest your body. That's why you need to sleep. But you don't move the body, but it's still your your heart is still pumping. Blood is still flowing. Like you don't really ever rest uh, in sleep. Your mind is actually as alert when they do brain scans of people sleeping. It's like there's all kinds of stuff going on. And I think there's more to it than just rest. I think there is a reason that we have not evolved past the need for sleep. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that every living thing on the planet sleeps. Correct me if I'm wrong. I often am wrong. But uh, I, do, I think that, you know, there's a reason that everything needs to sleep. And while we can't fully explain it, uh, I think it's better to respect it and just go with it. Um, this is where our subconscious mind kind of takes over. I'm reading a book now, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. And in one chapter that they talk about sleep, they say that uh, the reason that we heal our bodies when we sleep is that that's when, this, that's when the conscious mind gets out of the way, you know, and it uh, allows the subconscious to do what it, what it is intended for. So when we don't go to sleep and we're constantly in that conscious mind, I mean, that's where people kind of start to go crazy. And uh, you know you weren't going to get out of an episode about aging without me bringing up a whole food plant-based diet, right? <laughs> it's, uh, it's so important. Um, you know, that old adage of we are what we eat is it's not hyperbolic. It is absolutely 100% true um, because the foods that we eat, they are chemically alive. And so when we ingest them, you know, our DNA just lays there like wide open. And those chemicals play that DNA like a piano. You know, it's turning genes on, it's turning genes off. Disease for, or, uh, I'm sorry, uh, genes that prevent disease or genes that cause disease. It's all about what we're taking in. It's kind of like our thoughts, you know, really there's only two things when it comes to thoughts and food, those that are helping you and those that are hurting you, and there is no in-between. So 
taking in foods, a whole food plant-based diet is, it's a force multiplier when it comes to uh, health. Uh, I think that's where it has to start, not only for your physical health, but your mental health as well. So check out the seven day vegan challenge if you haven't already, episode 30. I'll include that one in the show notes as always. Uh, you can check me out at the coffeebuzzpodcast.com. Don't age gracefully. <laughs> Do things that are going to make you feel vibrant and alive because you absolutely have the uh, ability to do so. To me, it's about living long and dying fast. Like, uh, for instance, I want to die when I'm 102, surrounded by friends and family, or dying at 102 in the middle of the night, just passing off into you know the next realm, going back to my uh, spiritual being self. You know, include going back into that unknown. I want to do it that way rather than being poked and prodded and, uh, you know, in a, in a hospital bed at, a, at 60 or whatever. Um, these are just a few of my uh, anecdotal armchair quarterback tips. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you've got any more, let me know. Uh, reach out to me, coffeebuzzpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much, and I will talk to you next time.